What's up, guys? Welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and I got Drew Gurton today on the show from Pendulum Fitness out of California. Today, we're going to be talking about the downside of online coaching, and I'm excited to have Drew on the show today. Drew and I have been kind of like one degree of separation in this industry for years. We know a lot of the same people, but we finally connected a few weeks back when we were on the podcast with Dr. Ray about personal training. And uh, we've had another conversation since then. And I want to talk to Drew because Drew's had this really interesting journey from uh, gym owner to online coaching back to brick and mortar gym owner. And he had a ton of success by, you know, most people's standards, especially the financial side, if we're talking about that being the number one metric in the online side. But he's back in brick and mortar. And this is where he prefers to be. So we want to talk today about the downsides of online co coaching, even if you have massive success in that area. So welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, Team Andrew today, right? Only my mother-in-law, or I said not my mother-in-law, my mom, <laughs> or uh, collectors call me that name. So here we are. So give us, uh, give us some context here. Give us the highlights first so people can kind of see like what that online side looked like for you in terms of like how much you brought in, you know, what were, what was that able pro to provide for you? And then let's take a step back after that. And then let's talk about kind of what led to that wanting to go online. Yeah. So vanity metrics, um, I had a lot of success right out the gate. Um, ended up, uh, yeah, $250,000 in a year. Um, I, and that wasn't very many clients. So I was, it was all high ticket. So no low ticket, no medium ticket, just all high ticket, handful of clients, uh, probably, uh, right around 40, uh, total clients in any year's time. Wow. And you were able to move with your your family, right? And move into a different state and kind of offload your responsibilities at the gym. So you're basically remote able to do this and, and kind of living the life that most people would, would want. Absolutely. That was the dream, man. Um, the, the entire thing kind of happened because we were, we were, this is 2020. We were in Vegas, uh, visiting, uh, my wife's best friend and we were driving back from Vegas and there was these two cars that were like jockeying for position, trying to get back into California. And uh, my wife and I are like, man, they're driving crazy. Let's, let's, let's hold back. Let's not try to keep up with them. Next thing you know it, about four minutes later, we see a huge thing of like dust and dirt, you know, in the air. And uh, those cars had gotten an accident and one had flipped you know, it had just finished flipping and people were running out to the car and it was, it was crazy. And I looked in the back of the, of our car and I'm looking at my two kids and my wife. And I said, man, I, what if we did it different? What if, you know, what if we actually got out of the gym business? Um, or what if we went online and the gym is pretty stable. I mean, who could really say that in COVID, right? In 2020, but the gym was stabilized through COVID, uh, through personal training, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but we were, we were still making money 
And what if we moved and we trusted our staff to run it remotely and we went all in online and that's where we made the bulk of our money. And she was like, I'm down to do that. And I was like, all right, then what if, it, what if we moved to another state, bought our home there? Because we started the business here, the brick and mortar business to be able to buy a home. Um, and uh, we sold the, sold the, you know, not sold. We ended up moving and deciding to uh, buy a home and we built a home in Austin, Texas. And it was brand new, 3,000 square foot, beautiful home. Uh, and for, and if any of you are, are out there and you know about LA, uh, LA homes are small unless you're very, very wealthy. Um, you're looking at like 12 to 1600 is, is a roughly a, a normal average size home for out here. And uh, the starter homes at that time were 700,000. Now the starter homes uh, are over a million dollars um, where we live in Pasadena. And it was just like, okay, let's, let's choose to do this differently. So that's what we did. And I said, hey, I think I'm gonna do this online thing. She's like, all right. And she trusts me implicitly. So I, I end up going out and making it rain with whatever we decide to, to make happen. So I did that. That's awesome. So you guys make the decision, you kind of remove yourself from the brick and mortar business, push to go online. Um, did you, did you have success online before making that move to Austin? Yeah. So, uh, that was, that was a part of it. So I went online late August, early September, of 2020. Um, and I hired, I've hired three coaches uh, for the online space. Um, and I wanted to scale quickly, I wanted to learn and get some of these things out of the way. Um, first one was an absolute uh, waste of my money. Um, and, uh, but he was the one that got me interested. And so uh, I was like, man, these ads are great. Like it, they got me. And then I was like, okay, and then uh, I ended up buying it. And then when I got inside of it, I was like, man, I do like, it was door to door sales, um, online and you had to reach out to people and doing all this like hand to hand combat. And I was like, man, there's, there's gotta be a different way to do it. Well, unfortunately that it wasn't. And that's kind of like, I'm giving away all the answers before we even get there. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. When I say hand-to-hand -hand combat, I mean like where you're reaching out to people who like, engage, um, and you're, you go into your friends list and you're reaching out to people and you're saying, hey, how you doing? I saw that you liked this post. Like, how are things going? And you're, you're, you're just like trying to figure out whether or not that these people are interested in what you have. Cool. You, you mentioned these other two online coaches that you started to dive into that sounds like they didn't add any more value to what was there. What, what were they bringing to the table? So, I mean, they, all, all the programs that I did were, were beneficial to some, some capacity, right? Like I was able to, to gain information. Uh, just like if you go to, if you, if you go to college, not every class that you enroll in, in college is going to be the best class you've ever taken. Um, and that's kind of the way that I, I treated that is like, okay, like I'm, I'm gaining information here. I'm gaining, 
an opportunity to learn and that they've had, they've had success and, and, in a different way of doing what I already know how to do. And the difference is, is like, I've been a coach now for 21 years. So going online was a very like new thing to me. It was, it was very different. So I knew I could coach people and I knew I could get people results, but, um, the medium of which that, that was is totally different. Yeah. <clears throat> so talk to us a little bit about this approach of like reaching out to people who like your posts, engaging conversations for the people that haven't had success with this at all. And they don't have the insight of how you go from like a liked post to a sale. Give us that kind of insight first before we start to talk about kind of the downsides of it. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that if people are engaging with your, with your content and it's something that, that resonates with them, I'm, I'm not one of those serial likers where you just kind of are scrolling and you're just liking people that are, that you're following. I will like and engage in something that I actually find value in or, or I believe. And so what ended up happening is that if somebody were, was liking it and then you're quick to jump on it and you're, you're engaging in them and saying, Hey, how's, you know, how are things going? I saw that you liked my post. Thanks for doing that. Uh, what, what part of that stood out? Um, instead of them creating that, that conversational piece with you going, Hey, Andrew, uh, I, I really liked that, that post that you had on coach care lead, like, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about that? No, they just liked, they didn't ask for any help. They didn't ask for like, if somebody's asking for help, then absolutely. I'm, I'm down to do that. But it was like any person that liked or commented, then you're like following up and there's, there was a way to do that. And there are scripts to follow. Um, and some of that stuff is very valuable and very, very helpful. Um, uh, because some of those people you can truly help. And we did help quite a few people. Um, but it was just that process of which that I did not like, you know, that whole, that process of like going, Hey, did you, uh, did you want what I have here? Um, when maybe all that they were really doing was just liking cause they're supporting what you're, what you're saying that they don't actually have anything mm -hmm. that they want from you. Yeah. Did you find that through engaging with these people, you had to be the one to turn it into a sales conversation or how many of these people, what percentage would naturally turn it into a sales conversation just by seeing that you're willing to engage. So if you say, Hey, what was it about this thing? They're kind of already jumping to those next steps of, well, you know, it, it resonated with me because I'm having X, Y, Z issue. And I've been really looking for someone to help with it. And then they're kind of naturally opening the door for you, or you felt like you were having to pry a lot more. So every, every conversation is a conversation that you could lead to that end result. I ended up, I feel like I lost friends and, um, not only did I lose friends, but I also, I lost members because of it. Um, and if you want to talk about that later, um, that's fine. I, I'm totally down to share that, but it ended up burning bridges, um, with people, uh, in my friends list. So you, you burn your list, right? And then you have to go out and get new people. 
Um, I got to the point to where I hired a VA um, and we ended up having to add a bunch of people on Facebook that I've never met in my entire life. And so that was, that was the play was, it was, you're looking at your Facebook page um, no longer as a, um, as a, as a personal page. It's now being run as a business entity, right? So that it's, it's more of a, what's um, it's your storefront. It's your, you know, your digital storefront. Now, for someone who like the first thing that jumps to my head is I've kind of had this love hate relationship with social media throughout, you know, a decade of being on it, you know, or more and, um, you know, going through spurts of using it a lot and not very much at all. And honestly, if, if I didn't need social media for business, I might be off it altogether. I might delete my accounts potentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the, the personal value to me of having that account being super personal, I would say is not super high. Like there's some value to it, but it's not super high. Why not just flip that switch in your mind and go, you know what, this, this isn't a personal page. The only reason I have this or the main reason I have this is for, you know, Drew Gerton, Pendulum Fitness, my online coaching business to be able to spread the word and reach more people why not kind of turn that mindset around and, and just embrace it rather than kind of push against it? Because it, it is not authentic. It is not true to the core of who I am as a person. Um, and I did not like it, period. Um, and that was, that's ultimately why I got out. Um, and I went back to the, to the brick and mortar was because it, it was um, either either I need to be able to adjust my perspective and the way that I'm looking at it, which I have been wrong in the past, and I will acknowledge those things and say I messed up. But in the same breath, I it was the way in which that was being done, and that there are there are other you know, coaches and other people who are doing this in the online space that do a really good job. And they do a a great job of, of engaging people and they're authentic to their to their true self. For for me, I didn't like this version. And I didn't like um I didn't like going out and that that was my work. So, you know, it's just like I can, you know, some of I, I've had when I was uh, in my past, I was so I've been a coach, like I said, for 21 years. Um, I was a division one strength and conditioning coach for Western Michigan University um, for a couple of years and then uh, came out to California for grad school and ended up staying and uh, working for 24 Hour Fitness. When I was a manager and upper level manager for them, I ended up uh, meeting my wife and she was also, you know, worked for the company. But the thing was, is that uh, I had a um, a manager teach me like how to reframe the way that sales were being done. I was like, I don't like sales. I'm actually very good at sales. But uh, he helped me reframe how I was actually looking at it and how I could actually help people. And that was kind of the, the game changer. The difference is, is that um, 
how that's being done, right? And I think uh, ethical sales, as long as you have somebody that wants something that you are actually selling, then you can help them. But if you're having to fish for it and it's it just it didn't it didn't sit right. And so when uh, when I was working for for 24, it just I, I learned I learned quite a bit of on how to actually, you know, nurture a lead and get leads and sell and do all of those things. And, and this was a very, very different experience than that. And um, I just, I, I really wish that, um, and the reason why I bring that up is that I had a, an employee and that employee now works for Exos um, and is one of their, their lead educators and travels the world. When he worked for me, he was awful at sales, <laughs> absolutely awful at sales, but was an amazing coach. I mean, rock star, absolute rock star. Um, and I told him, I said, look, you are not cut out for this level of personal training. You're not cut out for this level of coaching. You are for another, for another environment, but this environment isn't your, isn't your niche, isn't your area. And so that's, that's more of like what I'm, I'm open to with the online space is that, is there another way of doing it? Right? Like, and I, I think it's just because it's so new. The online coaching space is so new. We haven't seen that that delivery system yet. Yeah, I think the the question that's still left for me is like when you when you you talk about this idea of burning your list, you talk about this idea of losing friends. You know what what about it kind of takes it from adding value and serving them to to this like burn you know burning your list and losing friends over it. Because I could see where you going out of your way to engage with someone online, you know, even if you're taking more of the initiative, that doesn't necessarily automatically lead to you having to sell someone something they're not interested in or, you know, burning your list. So what, what about that approach kind of turned it into that versus building that relationship and expanding your network in a positive way versus a negative way? Great question. I, I saw, um, just from a pure engagement standpoint, right. Um, and I, and it's not like, it's not like I, I have hundreds, you know, thousands of followers on, on any platform. So ultimately, you know, when like my Instagram went from like 650 to like 850. Okay. So I actually, I grew my, my audience on, on, on Instagram by 200 more people. Um, and then on Facebook, it was, it was different. Um, but the, the thing is, is that I, I wasn't being authentic to myself and I wasn't, um, I wasn't genuinely and authentically looking to, to serve and to help. And that's where I messed up. I was looking to convert. Mm. I was looking to sell. I was looking to, because the thing was, is that I was making a lot of money and these, and you know, the program that I was in, it was, you know, I was wildly celebrated for that. I mean, mm. when you, when you come from a 24 hour fitness background, 
and you're and you're rewarded for your sales there, and you're recognized and you're elevated through that uh, through that area. That's where people end up saying like, oh, like that's the best, right? And I wanted to be known as the best. And so I would grind and work for sales and then I wouldn't deliver on, um, I feel like my, my delivery sucked just to be candid. Mm. I got better, but. I think that's a, I think that's a great distinction is, is it sounded like, it, it sounds like if we were to summarize it, you, you were so focused on the, the sales conversion and the short or shorter term numbers of it all. And that what lacked was your personal authenticity and kind of patience in the process. And then that resulted in a really poor delivery. So you felt this, this disconnect between what I'm selling and what I'm delivering in terms of that value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what ended up happening is because I noticed that. And if, if you are a good entrepreneur, you recognize your weaknesses and then you hire for those to help. And so I had, I was at like 20 some odd clients and I think 24 was the number I got to. And I was like, holy crap, like how in the world am I going to deliver with all these people and get them results when I'm still trying to run the, you know, the score up and grow this business. Cause ultimately I was like, I'm going to make like between, between these two, my two businesses, I'm going to be hitting a million dollars. And that's what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to be like my, my fitness business is, you know, is doing over a million dollars and the profitability margins on that is, are very high. And my family and I live a very comfortable lifestyle, which are all like great things. But the thing is I was chasing vanity, I was chasing metrics and I wasn't focusing on the people that I needed to help the most, which were the clients. Um, and what ended up happening is that, so I ended up bringing on a, a, a coach to work for me. Um, and she's great, absolutely fantastic. And she was able to, to help out tremendously with, with the program. But what ended up happening is it was almost too late, right? I had, a, I had in May of, of last year, I ended up having to, May, early June, I had to shell out like $6,000 in refunds. Um, because people were, were not happy. And, um, so I had to learn, right. It was an expensive lesson to learn. And I'd never had never had to give that in refunds, but that was more important to me it was to maintain relationships rather than continuing to fight where I was trying to get to. got to be got to be tough to do so what what about the delivery wasn't maybe as authentic to you because it sounds like the sales part of it wasn't it grew to be inauthentic for you at some point or maybe always was but what about the delivery was inauthentic because it sounds like that part also didn't align with maybe your strengths or maybe the way you like to approach and coach clients yeah the, when you've been a brick and mortar or a personal trainer, um, in person for a long time for 21 years, well, 21 years now, but at that time it was like 1920, 
um, and you have only delivered in person, it is a massive adjustment to get somebody to go from saying, hey, I spend 50 minutes to an hour with you um, when you come in for your session. Now, online, I'm not spending that with you. Here's your program. I'll meet with you and check in on you like once a week. And then as the program goes and you've got more legs from underneath you, we don't need to meet as much. And you're charging, you know, a premium cost, which is okay. But if you're not delivering on that, if you're not giving people the results that they want, they're going to get upset. Do you feel like you ever understood what makes online coaching valuable and successful? Or, or do you feel like you, you kind of returned to brick and mortar before it really truly clicked for you? Um, meaning if you were still selling these programs, would you have closed the gap between the, what you were charging and what the value was on the back end? Did you start to figure that out? Yeah, I, I, I figured it out. Um, I was trying to get away from, you know, spending time with, you know, with people so that I, I wasn't like paying for, like, it wasn't pay to play, right? It wasn't like, hey, here, like, you have, you sell personal training packages, and now you're going to see that person four times a week or three times a week. And great. I was trying to get away from that and not make my time. So I wasn't trying to, to make their experience, um, what it was in person. I was trying to make it different. And, um, yeah, you're trying, you're trying to finally break the connection between your time and the money you can make correct in this and actually visit some actual real scale in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And what I realized is that Personal training, coaching, online coaching is still a people business. You have to give people your time um, at some capacity, even if it's in a group setting, right? Um, you still have to give them your time because they're paying for it. And, you know, there are tons of online programs out there that you can buy and you don't get direct access to the person, uh, but that should just be cheaper then. Um, and the, the one that's still most enticing to me is running a course and running a program through a course. That, that to me is the most enticing online program out there because you don't have to spend as much time because you're, you're loading all of that education in there for them to consume as they go through the program. That to me is the most enticing and I never got to that. Yeah. So let's dive into a little bit of your coaching style. Um, you had mentioned to me in one of our previous calls that you're, you consider yourself pretty extroverted and a lot of the, the desire to get back to brick and mortar was really to get back to in-person coaching. So can you talk a little bit about that and, and what that realization was for you? Yeah. So we were, um, in 21, we decided to, to sell our gym. Um, gym was at an all time high as far as, uh, profitability, making money. Uh, we were doing very, very well. So it was a great time that we were like, we're kind of burnt out, actually not kind of very burnt out. Um, and we're like, okay, now's a good time to, to sell. And we'll, we'll sell to two of my coaches. 
Um, and because we were building the house and we we're going to be moving and I've been surrounded by people <laughs> for ever. And what ended up happening is when we got to, uh, when we got to Texas and we moved and I couldn't walk out onto the workout floor anymore. I couldn't go and see people anymore. I knew no one in our area. Well, that's not true. I, I had a friend that, that lived about 40 minutes away, but still it's like it required, it was very different and I missed people. And my wife, um, what's funny is that we tried this, this whole thing of using like some of the things that I learned from online and we went into this group page and she's like, Hey, I think I'm going to do some personal training. I'm like, all right. I said, Hey, post this, use this picture, post this and let's see what happens. And we did. And it went gangbusters. She got 20 leads out of it and had five people signing up and that were paying on a monthly subscription for personal training, training out of our garage. Hmm. Okay. Hybrid, huh? Maybe. That's kind of cool. And then, uh, all right. And the next thing you know it, she's training these people. And all I wanted to do was go out there and talk to them because <laughs> I had nobody to talk to all day. And, um, so I would go out there and visit her and, uh, and her clients and just say hi, because that's what I have done in the brick and mortar space since 2007 is just mingle and mix it up with the members. Um, and I missed it. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I want to ask about what you posted to your on your wife's thing to get the, the personal training clients. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, th this having this gym to show up to every day, having this group of people that you can connect with and mix it up with. And, you know, the one thing that really drew me into CrossFit that I don't really talk a lot about um, it's not the first thing that pops into my head, but I felt like the early days of CrossFit attracted like the best people. It really attracted like people that had a growth mindset, people that were not living by the status quo, people that valued their health, valued their fitness. And I think it's gone in waves throughout the years where it's attracted some of that. And, and then as it got main, mainstream, it's maybe that quality kind of, uh, wasn't necessarily the same in that way, but I do think for the most part, the people that we have in our facilities are, are some of the most amazing people, you know, in our local areas. And I just noticed that from a gym owner, I take it for granted from, from time to time. And I forget how, how much I love it, how much I enjoy it. And I mean, I've taken group classes, you know, at least three, four days a week for 10 years. Like I've never been the, the owner that says, okay, I'm going to step away and not take group classes. I'm going to do my own thing. So I have valued it in that way, but I do think in other ways I've taken it for granted and, and allowed me to feel those feelings of burnout, allow me to feel those feelings of resentment towards my facility, towards my people. And, um, I think it's really cool that you've gotten a chance to, to, to feel without that and, and to kind of really reconnect with, with it and value it. It's really neat because you, you come, you come back to it. And, and I felt like that my gym wasn't mine when I came back. 
Um, because it was, it was a sever, right? We, we left, we're selling, everybody knows we're selling and it didn't work out. And so when I came back, it colors are the same, all the equipment's the same, everything looks the same. It just didn't feel like mine and it, and same with my wife. And, um, now here we are back in it and it's, it, it is ours again, for sure. But, um, man, there's, I, I, I looked at, at joining a CrossFit gym, uh, there in, in Texas and mind you, I had a fully built out home gym. I mean, it was some of like some of those pictures that you see on the rogue Instagram that when they post the, the home gyms, it was like that, right? Like we had, we had a, um, assault runner concept two bike, a rower, full foldable squat rack, you know, of the, um, like the power rack, full dumbbell set, all the bar, you know, like three really nice barbells. I mean, it, it just was, it was really, really nice, beautiful. And, uh, I was going to go and join a CrossFit gym, even though I had that full home gym because I, I wanted to be with people. But the reason why I didn't, didn't end up going was because I looked at the workouts and I was like, these are garbage. I'm not going to go and pay for that. So. Okay. We don't have to talk about the workouts, but, um, <laughs> no, tell the, me, the, tell the, the, but the workouts are a big deal. I mean, and back to like what you said, it's important to understand that when you've been working out at your gym for 10 years and you believe in the program so much that you take it yourself. That's really important, right? And the only time that I actually hired out extra help was when I got hurt. Um, because I did programming outside of mine. <laughs> because I was I was trying to go to the games, baby. I was I was trying to be a master's athlete. And it wasn't happening. Yeah, I think if we could just I think everyone's plan is to just you know, stay fit long enough that they can eventually be a master's athlete at some future age group. Um, but tell me about this post that you guys did in this group in Austin to be able to get 20 personal training clients. I want to hear about that. Yeah. So what we did is um, what's important for people to understand, if you're going to be posting and doing the online space, you have to post the, the outcome right? The dream state. They don't want to watch you throwing a barbell around. They don't want to watch you like doing, oh, that's a sweet workout video. I'm suddenly inspired. No, what they want is they want the end result. They want to believe that it's possible. So my wife in a bikini with, you know, abs and amazing legs, like all that stuff was totally possible. And she also was, is an Asian woman, a Korean woman and two kids standing by the pool. And so here you, here you have that environment and that's where they were. So, um, and I, I told her what to post and she posted it and that ended up being going really well. Cool. I think that's helpful. Um, Talk to me about the gym, this, this gym, not feeling like yours and, and basically what from an online side, if people are not going to truly sell their business, what are the downsides that they need to know about retaining that brick and mortar business as they 
move online and what to expect if they're going to try to do both? So here's what I, what ended up happening for me. I started making a lot of money very, very quickly. And when you make like, when you have your first 30 K month and then you have, then you follow it up with like a, a 46 K month and you're doing that yourself. And then your gym is like 40, you know, your gym did all month long, 40 K, right? Like it was like, oh man. And you you make more than your gym makes just by yourself. It now it felt like uh, I was like, oh dang, I'm gonna go do that. But the thing was is that I ended up I was driving, and I felt like I was having an affair on my business, the the business that I loved and I grew and I built, you know, all the way up, and that was. That was something that I, I was really kind of, it bothered me. It really, it had, I had a, a hard time with that. I was like, man, I feel like I'm cheating on the gym. Because the thing was, is that I was not going to be taking, I wasn't giving any of my staff the chance to help and to be a part of this because ultimately like we were going to, this was a, it was a separate business. It wasn't linked to it. Now, if I was going to keep it, right? And they were going to be linked together, then yes, I could have my staff help out. And then that's how we have it structured now. But at the time, that's not how I structured it. And so it felt like I was cheating on, on the gym. And it was, uh, and at the same time, though, it, it's like the pretty new thing. Wow, that thing over there is doing so well. I, I just want to do all of that all the time. Because it was, it was, producing a really solid rate of return. And then as you came back to the gym, how hard was it to kind of work your way back into the mix again and reestablish a gym that felt like yours? Well, what ended up happening is that the sale didn't go through. Um, and it was a, it was a bitter divorce between uh, my coaches and, and me and, and our members. And so it was a chance to essentially really start over. Um, and so that it was, you know, we, we lost a lot of people in the transition. Um, and you know, some of those people were people that were in my program at one point. And that was when I said I was burning bridges is that, uh, some of those people didn't get results in the program and they, they paid quite a bit of money. Um, say like, 3,200, you know, between 3,200 and like $4,600 right around there. And they didn't get results. And I told them that I would get them results. And so when you get people together who aren't getting results and they start talking to each other, it becomes a very unhealthy situation and then it spreads. And, um, at that point, um, people left the gym and and ended up going with those other coaches. And I ended up, um, you know, coming back to a very, very messy situation. Um, but the thing is, is that starting over in a sense was really helpful because now I could use some of the things that I learned from online and put those right into the gym, right from the get go so that we could actually be more profitable and help more people in a different way than what we had had done in the past. 
And that's, that's where I want to wrap up here is, is now that you've kind of gone full circle, like what, what does, you know, Drew's social media, what does pendulum fitness look like? Like what, what are the things that you're going to take and then re with this fresh start, reincorporate into the business moving forward or your personal page, your personal coaching approach moving forward? So, um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll break it here first, but I'm starting a TikTok, and that TikTok is going to be literally the launching point, um, for this new, this new method that I'm going to be trying out, which will be a authentic version of myself, um, with storytelling, serving people value and not asking for them to reach out to me and doing different things. If they find value, they can reach out to me and I'd love to help. But it is going to be a more authentic serving platform and less about uh, and more teaching in the in that platform that they can be a part of my life in a way rather than trying to um, use it as a conversion experience. Because um, that's ultimately how I had treated the, the other social media platforms. Cool. I'm excited for the new, the new TikTok, and uh, yeah, I, I don't have much experience with TikTok, so I'm, I'm curious, I'm excited, and uh, really hoping that you see success, you know, with this new approach and, and, um, and find that, you know, that most authentic version of yourself, you know, personally and as a coach, because I think that's, that's really where the magic happens is when you find alignment with your own authenticity and, and where that serves others. I think that's really cool. So um, is there anything else that you want to wrap up with here, Drew, that you want to share that we didn't touch on as we jumped around in different parts? Yeah, I, I would say for, for people to, um, to understand that on the online space isn't a bad thing, right? It just wasn't the, uh, the thing 100% for me. And I, I like, I like where we're at now because I still have online clients. I still have people around the country that I'm still helping. Um, and then the other thing is that we have been able to reach out to some of our former members and help them where they, they now live. And so it's, it's a different program than where we used to be and used to help. But now it's different because we can actually take the things that we learned, put those things together. And now we have a very different program that is, is legitimately helping people. Um, I mean, some of our, our members that are signing up and joining the gym now are losing substantial amount of weight. And it's, and it's a really, really powerful thing because before I feel like, you know, as a CrossFit gym, um, you know, they, they put the metrics all on, you know, performance and seeing your numbers of your, your weightlifting going up and just, you know, seeing your Metcon times drop. And that was the main thing that we were focused and taught on, on how to track. And the other stuff is byproduct. But the thing is, is that you are still a gym and people will always see you as a gym and they expect to lose weight at that gym. Majority, right? Um, and so those people then are, are looking for results. And that's what I was able to come back to the gym and say, Hey, so is this still, is this important to you? And they're like, yes. And so then 
Now what I do is I sell to goal and I sell to results, what they're looking for. And that is the main thing that we're driving after now. So I, I still take some of the good things that I learned from, from online. Um, and I get to use 21 years packaged into one thing and deliver that to people. And that's been really, really cool. That's amazing. I love it, Drew. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for sharing a lot of this stuff. I know a lot of this stuff isn't easy to be easy to talk about, easy to be like open and vulnerable with. And, um, I appreciate you being open and willing to share this stuff. Um, you know, the good and the bad. So thanks so much for coming on and, and hopefully we'll do more of these in the future. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me.